in a healthy frame of mind to be mechazek ourselves with the children, with the grandchildren, to be mechazek ourselves. And, and therefore it's purely a matter of his chazkus and certain things that we need to focus on. Therefore, if some of it is repetitious, that's not unintentional, that's intentional because chizuk, in, in order to have chizuk, you have to, you have to really drill it in. You really have to repeat. You have to, you have to clarify the matter and it's something that one has to really make part of oneself. So let's continue on page, on page Yud Bays at the bottom right hand column, or the top of the left hand column. Any time they were able to teach our children. But again, teaching here does not just mean the olive base or the chumash or the gemara. Any time we're able to give over something positive, something of Yiddishkeit, could be our own experiences. That, that's, the, that's the most powerful thing, perhaps, is the memories that you have and difficulties that you have. And to, and to discuss and to show, for instance, if... If a if a child is having if a daughter is having difficulties with the uh, with the union of tzniyus of modesty, so it's not enough just to to criticize what's happening and the way that they're being taught in the schools. It's important to discuss your own struggles, your own difficulties, how you have to work on it. And you might think that perhaps that that would in any way diminish the respect the child has for you. It's not true at all. It's not true. It increases the respect. If you can share that with the child, the child feels that mommy also went through this, mommy also had to struggle with it, mommy was able to come through, and so I can also come through. So it's important. So when you give over the rest of Hashem, whether, whether it's a parent or a teacher, now you know that the Gemara tells us that it's a mitzvah to resemble Hashem. Chazal uh, is that possible to resemble Hashem, so you all know that the mitzvah is v'halachta bidrachav, that you should go in Hashem's ways. Mahu afata, just as Hashem, just as Hashem has revealed that He is a machnes archem, He helps, he takes care of guests, He helps people, He clothes the poor, and so on. So we are called upon to imitate the ways of Hashem. And, and by the way, that it doesn't have to be sincere. Some people, I, I've had many of my students that, are, that would be that I'm working with for years that would say even after years you know uh, so say you're still going on Shabbos I'd be a hypocrite if I didn't why? because uh, I have a girlfriend so I, personally I'm going to be Shem Shabbos that whole swear comes from the other side right? it's just the opposite if you're having some problem in another area of your life then you should try to add up as many misses as you can to counteract and to build up your reservoir of Kedusha of holiness this, that, whole, that whole philosophy that it's all or nothing at all is very very dangerous there was once a, um, there was uh, the Vilna Gaon, there was somebody that was in the company, maybe I told this to you, of the Vilna Gaon who was completely irreligious. Why he was with the Vilna Gaon, I don't know. So he was there together with the Vilna Gaon, and he was about to have a glass of water. And he didn't have his head covered, and, and the Vilna Gaon screamed out, Abracha, you didn't make a bracha. So he says, Rabbi, he says, Brachas, that's what you're worried about? I'm a Chal Shabbos, I don't Kippur. You're worried that I didn't make a bracha on this glass of water? So the guy in the Vilnagan said, that's also going to be in the Cheshvan when you're 120. Right? It's not, like you, it's not like you signed up for a different program. If you're a Jew, you can't, you can't sign up. You can't, uh, you can't go like early admission to some other place. You're a Jew. Therefore, you have in all the mitzvahs. You're not exempt from any mitzvahs. And sometimes we have this thought that, that if I'm not doing well in one area, particularly it has to do with the young of Kedusha, so that personal matters of Kedusha, then a person feels low and loses that cheshek and thinks, well, 
Hashem's Baruch is not really interested in what I have to say or do. This is a terrible mistake that causes that causes uh, nefilus in a horrible way. So, whenever he says that, whenever a person has the schus of being mashpia on a Jewish child, we are by that zeichim lehidabek b'midaysev shal kadosh baruch hu. We are we are imitating, we are impersonating, we are acting in the ways of Hashem. Shalei Hashem is baruch nikra hamalami teir laham yisrael. We say the bracha. That Hashem is Hamalamit Tailahami. So the Ben Shalom is Hamalamit. Ben Shalom teaches. He prides himself on being a good teacher. We don't always understand his lessons, but the Ben Shalom is a teacher. Therefore, Therefore, any time that you relate to your child in a real way and you give over something positive, you don't just look at your child in a silly external way but you're, you're real with your child you don't see your child just with the chesronis with the with the with those things that are lacking at that moment you don't touch up your child you don't say this is the way my kid is this is my kid but instead you try to you try to attach yourself in a deeper way to the child even if that child doesn't know yet, it's a little kid. That's hard. The Iker is to try to understand the child, to see the penimius of the child. That the child has an absolutely astounding future ahead of him, ahead of her. It could be that was installed with your child, or you're complaining and correcting that this child is, a, is a, no, no good, no good, no good, that child has much more potential than you do, if you don't ruin the child. That there's chashivas that that child might have that, that, that way surpasses any chashivas that you've ever, that you've ever achieved. And we, and we want our children to be better than us. We want our children. It's the, it's the Ratzon of Hashem, it's the will of Hashem that we attach ourselves to His Midas. We spoke about this the first or second week a little bit. There, another, there's another Midah that was revealed in Perk Yavis that you're all familiar with. Who is the wise person? The one, it doesn't mean who sees the future, but it means the one who can anticipate what's going to be. He sees things unfolding. He, sees, he doesn't just... He's able to see something. He's able to feel his presence even before it's arrived. Like Avraham Avinu kept Pesach, right? Avraham Avinu kept Pesach in, in Chumash. He's having matzis in Pashas, in Pashas Vayera, right? How could it be? There's such a thing of a person who's so great that he's able to anticipate. It's not a question of Ruach HaKadosh, only Ruach HaKadosh. Although, of course, there was. Chazal said that, that Avraham Avinu's kidneys taught him Torah. Now, what does that mean? How do your kidneys teach you Torah? Our kidneys tell us nothing about the future or the past or the present. It means that Avraham Avinu, his Amunah was so strong, his connection to Hashem was so strong, that in everything that he did from within himself, he, he looked forward to the future. He anticipated what, what could come out of this. What could be born from this moment? So you know that when we, you know that when we yell at the children, not that occasionally, you know, I'm out of that school, like, you know, you're not allowed to raise your voice, but I'm talking about, you know, you, you lose your mind. When that happens, and you scream, if you, if you would be a chacham, the problem is when you're angry, what does Chazal say, chachmoso, 
Mistalakis. That's the problem. You get angry, your Chachma disappears. But if you would be able to brace yourself and to use Chachma the moment that you're screaming, you would see very clearly what is this going to give birth to. It's going to give birth to a frightened child. It might accomplish what you needed for that moment. But what's it going to give birth to? So for the moment, you're not a Chacham. You, you, sorry, the kid behaved for the moment. He's afraid. But, but a Chacham is Reyes HaNoilad. He tries to see things that are going to unfold as a result of this. We must be careful not just to look at these children as we learned a few weeks ago as, as foolish, little, foolish little kids that, are just, that, are, that just play their games. And they get excited over an Irish guy. If, if that's the only way we look at the children, and there are people who, only, who look at the children just as playthings, as toys, they don't take them seriously. And it could be even when it's an older person, a friend. Right? That, that's silly. That acts in a silly way. Sometimes a bocher, an avreich, a married man, a mavuger, mispal mehavolim. Sometimes people get excited over silly things. So you might look at that person and say, he's an idiot. He's an idiot. He gets excited over something like this. Right? So you, you, might think, you might think about a friend. She's getting real excited because she got, she got a new carpet. She can't stop talking about it. So it's an Irish guy. What's the excitement of having something that covers your floor? So you might look at that person and touch the person up. Don't think that I mean that one shouldn't enjoy one's things. I'm not, I'm, I'm not from that sheet at all. But you look at someone and you say, really, you, aren't you ever doing this? You know, you, 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 you look silly. The person's so excited. I'm an Irish guy, even an adult. As we spoke about a few weeks ago, as per men with sports, I don't have to say anything more than that. But And you have to really, you need Hashem's help not to look at that person in a, you know, like a, as, as being a, as being fool, as being a fool. What the person might be doing could be foolish. But you have to be very, very careful not to, not to, not to see that person as being a fool. You have to remember that this person has been through different things in the past, and you don't really know the person. And why is it that you know? Uh, you know? Do you even know why the person gets so excited about a, a carpet? It might not be. Might not be something that you understand. It could be that, that, that when she was growing up, she didn't have carpet. It could be that, that she can't stand anymore. She's losing her mind taking care of the uh, of the uh, of the uh, wood finish. So who knows what? Whatever it is, assume assume that that there's certain sibot, certain sibas that Hashem brought into that person's life in the past that, that brings the person to sometimes act a little silly. And the mice, it's good to be a little silly. Right? Well, I, I, I think I want to mention this to you that Rav Kook spoke about, spoke about ma'at sikhlus yikar, a little precious silliness. To be a Jew, he said, you have to be a little bit silly. Because if you take everything very, very serious, seriously, you can't, you can't live like that. You can't be a productive person. You can't be, you can't be besimcha. And if you're not besimcha, you can't be a Jew. You, can't, you have no idea what's going to be with this person. could be much greater than our, than what we than what we've made of ourselves, what we've become. I mentioned to the Chavon Shul on Tisha B'Av. There was a I told him I said I'm not quite sure why I'm telling this here, but I think it has to do with what we're talking about. And a story always, a story is always able to take a message and to bring it home. There was a Maisa that that. Um, the Malatanya, the Malatanya, the Alter Rebbe was together with Rabbi Shlomo Kalina once Tishabov. They were very close friends. 
the Tanya said about Rabbi Kalina that he's not really, he, he never really touched down on earth. He's always a tefach, he's always a measure above this world. So they were together Tishabov. Now, I don't know why, but apparently they had some custom in the old days that on the night of, of Eicha, on the night of Tishabov, they used to take, you know, sometimes these, these little plants that you walk through these trees or bushes and they stick to you, these little sticky things, and they get onto your clothing and you can't get any, they're more if it's hard. So it seems that part of what they used to do Tishabov is that the children used to, on, on, on Tishabov night, they used to throw these things around. It's like, a, I don't know why, they're called bunkalach. They used to be thrown around. Now, in the Bismarck that you can imagine the Balatanya and Rabbi Shalom Kalina were there. Now, one of the Hasidim of the Tanya was a, was a tzaddik, a, a, a very unusual person by the name of Rabbi, Rabbi uh, Shmuel Munkis. Rabbi Shmuel Munkis, a famous chassid. This Rabbi Shmuel was a genius and a big tzaddik, but he was very, very mischievous. And, uh, and there are many stories about the funny things that he did. And he had deeper reasons, but he did, he did odd things. So it happened that it was his mazel. He was, he was playing, you know, it was only for children. He was also shooting. But Shmuel Munkis on Tishbev night was shooting these things around. And, and what was his mazel? One of them landed right in the beard of the tzaddik from Kalin. Right in Rabbi Shlomo Kalin's beard. You know, the tzaddikim are very particular about their beards. And he, he couldn't get it out, you know, and he and pulled out a hair. And he was, so he looked at Rabbi Shlomo Munkis, who was like, <laughs> like a little kid. And, and the tzaddik from Kalin said, it's because of Avreichim, like, because of young men like him, that the Beis Amikdash is, is destroyed. And I go, ooh, uh-oh, that's bad. Anyway, the next day, after the long morning of Kinnis, so the Balatangi and Rabbi Shlomo Kalin were taking a stroll. They were taking a stroll, they were holding each other's arms, and they were taking a stroll outside the town, going to the forest, to, talking and things. And all of a sudden, as they were by the edge of the forest, they heard some screaming and yelling. And they were frightened, maybe somebody was in trouble. And the two tzaddikim ran, and ran through a clearing in the forest, and they saw that that same Shmuel Munkis was undressed up to his neck. In a, in a horrible swamp with snakes and bugs and filth running around and biting him, holding a kinus like this and crying, saying kinus. So, Rabbi Shana saw him and recognized him. He said, because of young men like this, the base of this is going to be rebuilt. So, the way I understood it, and I'll just explain it a little bit now, you know, when you hear a Maisef Tzaddik and you have to try to understand it, it's not stam. And when you tell your children stories, you always have to try to say, even if it's Little Red Riding Hood, and it's something that comes from another place, but try to bring a mice, try to bring it, Lemaise is something good, a lesson. If not, then it's silly to tell a story. So, so what's the Uvechain? What does the Maise tell you? And that, that same Shmuel Munkis, who was mischievous and playing, and that Sadiq saw him only in that way of how he was, he said, This is the destruction, this is the destroyer of the Besamekdish. The next day, the same Shmuel Munkus was up to his neck in filth, screaming, keenness, crying over the Chorban. And he's going to be rebuilt the base and make this. So I was thinking, it's a tremendous chizik for people like us. Because we're like, we're like Shmuel Munkus shooting the little things around, you know? With our narishkeit and with our silliness. But on the other hand, the Rabbani Shalom knows that we're up to our necks in, in Guk. We're up to our necks in Guk, in, in, in difficult things. And, it's not like it was for our ancestors, and we're trying to be Jews. Therefore, when the tzaddik saw him, he said, I ma- he was saying, I made a mistake. I, I, I judged him by the silliness of his game. And I, didn't, I didn't see, I didn't penetrate to who, he, to who he really, really is, someone who's building the Besamekdish. 
And I believe that that's how Hashem looks at our generation, with all of our silliness, because never were Jews, never were Jews stuck in such mud like we are, and still we're trying to be good. So when we look at our children, we have to try to see that, to try to penetrate to the depths of the child, that, that same little one who's silly and acting up, and it's kind of, you know, it's so much Irish guy, being a, you, you have to, you have to deal with, that that same child, who it seems to you is, is giving you a hard time, and is, is destroying your quiet, is destroying your little bit of mikdash that you're trying to, that you're trying to establish, that that very same child is going to be building the base of mikdash, and to see things in that way, it's very, very difficult to be mechazik oneself. And that's how we imitate Hashem in this midah of Ezehu Chacham, who is a wise person. That's the biggest Chachma. Ezehu Chacham Harayi Esanolat. The one who sees. The one who sees what's going to come out of this. The one who doesn't just judge something by what he sees in front of his eyes. The bottom of the page. By Yisrael Shal Ezehu Chacham Harayi Esanolat. By using this, by thinking of this chazal, and it means sometimes on a difficult day, taking a breath, taking a deep breath, when you feel like losing it, and try to be a person who is a chacham. That, the, that your cast, your anger, should not, should not take away your equilibrium. And you should be able to imagine, picture, think of your child in terms of what he or she can be and what will be, if you don't destroy it, if you don't ruin the gift that Hashem has given you, what that child will be like. This can bring you great simcha, excitement, that even if you see that the child's not listening to you, he's not listening to you. But Sayek, and he screams, and he, he's hitting his brother, sister, a friend. You know, I remember when one of my children was very little, she used to, she used to take snacks from other kids in school. She used to say, I, you know, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm admitting how so silly now when I look back, it was because it was a long time ago. So I remember saying to my wife, can you imagine? We had Aganev. Aganev. The grandparents are such honest people. You know, I, it's crazy. <coughs> it doesn't mean that the, that the child's Aganev. It means that she wanted the candy. And we have to teach, of course. You have to teach a child, you know, you know how to go into someone else's bag. But to touch up and to think like that, it's so silly of us. I'm not, I hope not, none of you ever did things like that, but... Yeah, very rash. The child makes a lot of noise. Then a nice and menucha. Next page. Oh, you can't rest. The child's bothering you. You shouldn't just see some wild, crazy kid in front of your eyes. I will kint. Right? You shouldn't see such a thing. We should see before our eyes. Instead of me throwing him away. Instead of using anger, because what is, what is anger? Anger is just a means of getting rid of somebody. It's like knocking somebody off. That's all anger accomplishes. It's never a way of educating or teaching. It's just getting rid of. So instead of getting rid of the child, God forbid, instead of hurting the child, I try to be misyaches. It's not always possible. You try as hard as you can to have a yachas, to, to relate to the child. Case okay, but I want to see. You know, I see how that works. My other children have tremendous savlonas with the little ones. So when I feel like I'm, I, I'm at my wit's end, I see, like the, 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 I see that my 11-year-old will have like a whole plan how to make the little one happy. And then I'm thinking to myself, she's a bigger balasayichel than me. She wasn't upset. But, the, but she used such seichel to quiet, it was such a simple answer how to make the child stop crying. Instead, I'm standing there, I'm belligerent. You, it's, you're not going, you're not going to go, you're not going to go. And the, and the 11-year-old says, you know, I'll do this, we'll do that, we'll go. 
And I'm thinking to myself, it's like a valdegay outside. No, I don't think of that. Because when you're angry, your chachma is like, you lose your mind. Chachma is mistalakis. Says. Or more upon him with a, with a, with a pleasant face. Another two minutes, because you know that's all it takes. It really takes an extra two minutes or three minutes, usually. Not always if a child is hysterical. But, it, but generally, it takes another two minutes of yachas, of having a connection to the kid, instead of throwing the kid away. Get out of here. Stop for a second. He says, this will help you think that in a few years I'm going to see a ten-year-old Hazing a, a piece of Gemara, learning Mishnayis, davening, right? Think further, think 20, when he's 20, even 25 years old. You see, I spoke about this the second or third time, because a lot of us have become so nervous, I don't want to be repetitious, but it's such an important thing, because I, I, I'm so concerned about the, the way that this, this hysteria that's, that's, that's developed in the firm world about our children, <coughs> If we don't really believe that with all of these funny little things that the kids are doing, that the child can come out to be and will come out to be a Yerei Shemayim, a good Jew, an Elohim, it might not come out to be, might not come out to be a Chaim Brisker, but but the child will be an Elohim, will be a God-fearing good Jew. I'm sure some of us were a little crazy when we were kids. No, we think back, some of them became so terrible. No, they don't say yes. And they're thinking oh, it's not like terrible. It's not terrible. It's good. So the, you think the children are not going to be good? Why? So because because we're surrounded by all these stories, and you hear that the next time this kid is a chashva family, and that kid is uh, you know that kid is Friday night on on, on Ocean Parkway doing this, and even you Jay, who knows what? So therefore you begin you begin not to see the picture of your child the way that he could be, and the, and he can be, or she can be. You begin to think of you, you're overwhelmed by the present, and you begin to say, well, you know, of that if he's wearing that type of an outfit, or if he said that word that mommy and daddy don't say. He's, he's this type of a child. And, and you give him that title, and you're, you don't say it, but in your heart, you think he's this kind of a child. So then, you don't have that picture. You lose that picture of the future, and that's tragic. That's a great tragedy. Because the child for sure doesn't have that picture of himself anymore. Doesn't have a, no matter what I did in the house growing up, it could be, it was, you know, I did some crazy things. I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't in, a, in, a, in, a, in a, the environment in my yeshiva. You know, we had a lot of, we had a lot of crazy chavra. And, and we, were, we were acting up. I can't ever, even one time, remember my father making me feel that I'm not successful. I remember him telling me that's unacceptable. And he usually would say this, he would usually say, Pastanist, you know, it's not for you. I remember that. But he would always talk to me about, about how it could be and the way it should be and so on. But never, never to, 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 to touch up you this, you this, you that. Never. Not once in my life did I hear such a thing come from his mouth. And these kind of things flow from our mouths very easily. And the children lose the picture of themselves in terms of what they want to be. What they really want to be. They don't want to be the kid hanging out at Avenue J. You think those kids want to be? Those, those are the, some of the sweetest kids. I've, I've had long talks with many of them. They're some of the sweetest kids you've ever met. They're Tzibachim. They're beautiful kids. They're Jews. They're Jews. And somebody, when I was talking last week in, in, in Luxor, some of you might have been there, there was after this year a very harsh of a woman had, had an unbelievable idea, an Eitzetayva. She said, and I spoke to, I spoke to some, I spoke to some very wealthy people over the weekend about trying to do something to figure out what we could do the mice about this. 
This Chashev woman came to me after this year in Laksir and said, why don't we try to take some of these children who are going through these difficulties, why don't we try to take them and make Shaduchim between them and special children or special adults that have learning, that have, that have terrible physical disabilities, Khalila, or God forbid mental disabilities. Isn't that an amazing idea? Because you would, you would notice, you would see in a very short time, those kids that are making the biggest trouble, the Lebedeca ones, I have found that generally they have the most capacity for compassion. It's just that in the Chavre, you know, there's no Rachmanis, we're all cool. But if you put them with someone who needs help, there's no shame that they would come through. Not only would they come through, they would mature. It might not materialize right away as, as learning more Gemara or being more careful to dive in the minion, but in terms of Menschlichkeit, growing up, it would have an unbelievable impact. And, I'm, and I, this is something which I think there are people that need help. And it, they could be in-house care. Take some of these kids away from school a little bit and ask them, would you, you know, how about, instead of right away touching them to so get out of here, throw them out of yeshiva and, and leave, leave them at some other principal's door. Instead, give them an assignment to work with, to work with handicapped, underprivileged people. It's a good, good thing. And it's, it's, it sounds to me like something simple and it needs to be done. Not that there should be any service. But then, but then the child feels he has a chashivas. He's useful. He's able to, he does something. He's changing someone's life. And then what happens is that the picture that he once had of himself is restored. I'm a good person. I'm not a schlechter. I'm a good person. The world needs me. And when the person feels that the world has a need for him, then he wants, he wants to, maybe it's going to come back to, it's going to come back to Teremitzvah, it's going to help. And I think it's something that, that we should maybe, that, that we sh- should be discussed, a possibility of doing something. I don't know how to implement it yet. And, you know, even if you have good ideas, you have to have momentous. So I'm hoping that something can be done to give the child a sense of chashivas, of what he, of what he can be. If you don't have a positive dream of what your child can be in the future, and if you lose that picture, then th- the child is in, in very great danger of, of descending into your mistaken picture of who he is. That's what he's explaining here. So you take a couple of extra minutes and imagine what's going to be in 25 years. See him as an old Jew. See your child as an old person. An old person. Burning someplace, saying a capital to him, with a family, with, with, with his grandchildren, with her grandchildren. All of that future is already included in this little kid that's screaming and crying in front of me. Your whole way of looking at this is different. Because if I, if I look and I see, and I see in front of me an old man who is, who is learning and who is davening, who is makai mitzvahs with all of his kaychas, and he's raising his own children and grandchildren to serve Hashem. And someone who affects the lives and uplifts many, many people. This is a, when I first read this, I got, it caused me to get very emotional. So he says here, so that old man that's in front of you needs a little bit of attention. That old man with all the grandchildren, great-grandchildren, he needs a little bit of help. And you wouldn't scream at the old person. You wouldn't, he, this old, this, really the child's five years old, six years old, but this, this old man with all of his, 
children and grandchildren needs a moment of his yachasis, a moment of, of a relationship. Fetipas Mesiris, and a drop of giving yourself over, a drop to give yourself over. Right? A chop is more upon him, a little drop of patience, a little drop of a, a smile, more upon him, to, not, to, not, to, not to have that horrible glare, the threatening look. As I move him, she has dares, besimchu, beslavus, the malus of its same. Kachmama shaleni liska, bechol pam, she eshlon, the shaykhism, and the shamas, ham of kodas, viadenu. We have to remember this with the neshamas that Hashem has given us. We have to always think, how would I relate to that child? How would I relate to this child now in the best form that he or she could be 30 years from now? How would I talk to him? Would I scream and, and, and carry on? Or would I talk in a, in a proper way? You know, so imagine this child in his best edition the best poss- possible, the final, the final masterpiece of what you hope that child will be. And if you, for a moment, are able to concentrate on that, to focus on that positive picture of the future, then you'll have a different way, you'll have a different way of relating, of relating to the child. Let me read to you a, a, a small piece from the Chavis Talmidim, from a student's obligation. Really, I mentioned a couple of weeks back that it would be very, very good for, for all of us to learn this safer through and through and to go through it. And since it's available in English, it's definitely uh, easier and to read it in, the, in his Hebrew, which is quite, which is quite uh, poetic. <clears throat> he, in the chapter, A Call to the Student, he says, The prophet Yeshayahu proclaimed, Just listen, I want to read you a paragraph or two. It's, this is from the Piazzat, from the Esh Kodesh, the, 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 um, the Tzaddik from the, 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 from the Warsaw Ghetto. He was a great educator. He was a great educator. Around his table... All the great Talmud the greatest scholars, had to stand in the back, and he had children sitting next to him. The children sat by the table. He didn't let famous Rebbeinu used to stand in the back, and he had a malchus of children. He had a malchus of children, and he he loved children. I met in Queens. I gave it. I gave. I spoke at a Malka, and um, and, I, and I told over something to the Piazetsna, and I was and I, I was I had to be someplace else, and I was running out. It was it, it was in Shvat. It was, I remember it was two Bishvat. It was not 15th, it was the second day of Shvat. I remember it was the second day, two Bishvat. And, and I had to run out. I had to run out from the place. And some, and some uh, uh, couple started chasing me. And I was, I almost made it, you know. And, and then I said, you know, I figured it was a question. I really had to be somewhere for, for, for somebody from the Mishpacha. And, um, and do you have a moment? Okay. And she started, she started telling me that her father was by the Piazetsna for seven years, by the Sadiq for seven years. There were very few survivors from that place, very few. There are probably only a handful, maybe three or four in the world. And she told me, Amaisa, from, she told me that there isn't a day, the father lives in California, there isn't a day that he doesn't, that he doesn't reminisce and talk about the things that he remembers with the Rebbe telling the children. And he would take walks with the children. When this child was acting up, I would take the hand and they would walk to the forest. It's unbelievable stories. Unbelievable. So he told, she told me Amaisa, about, about uh, how the Piazesna saved the father's life and, 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 and how he, he, spent, he spent five years sleeping in the Piazesna's home because he was an orphan. And he slept in the Rebbe's home. And how he remembers the Rebbe coming over at night and, and covering him and giving him a kiss on the forehead. 
And at one time the Rebbe kissed him on the forehead, and it was right before the war. Things already, it wasn't before the war, it was already getting bad. And that the Rebbe gave him a kiss on the forehead, and moved the bed a little bit, because the moon was shining. You know there's a thing about the moon not to shine on the face, so moved the bed a little bit and gave a kiss on the forehead and said, and said, uh, whispered, that this one is going to make it. This one is going to get through. And every day she says, he, he, he says that, 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 tzaddik, that the tzaddik saved my life. So he writes over here, the prophet Yeshua proclaimed, the house of Israel is the vineyard of the Lord of hosts, and every person of Yehuda is one of his delightful plantings. Yeshua said that every Jew, is, every Jew is a delightful planting of Hashem. So the Rebbe said, the house of Israel as a whole is God's vineyard, and each individual Jew is a precious tree in whom God especially delights. If he walks in the path of Hashem, the path of Torah, you as a Jewish child, he's talking to the children. You as a Jewish child are like a young vine in this vineyard. We have no idea yet to whom we are speaking when we address you. The Rebbe says, I have no idea. When I speak to you, I don't know whom I'm, whom I'm addressing, what you may become. And you too have no conception yet of how far you may reach as you grow in Torah learning and in serving God. You yourself don't know. You may become a great tzaddik whose fame will extend from one end of the world to the other. You may become a wealthy man dedicated to serving Hashem, outstanding in Torah knowledge, a generous benefactor to the needy, good to both God and all his creations, the kind of person whom every parent blesses his child to become. Many of the greatest sages and tzaddikim of Israel were not recognized as being in any way different or better than their companions during their childhood years. In no way. That's why Rav Hutton used to, I think I want to mention this to you, Rav Hutton used to complain about all these books, the storybooks. He says that they're telling all the children that every single tzaddik, every single tzaddik from the time that he was three years old, he never said Lashon Hara, he finished Shas when he was seven, right? So Rav Hutton said, you think that it, it, it's only inspiring for the children? And very often, you have to be careful because these stories can cause children to, to lose hope in themselves because they measure themselves you know by this and they say like uh, you know my main concern right now is you know the Yankees and the Mets and and I guess I guess I'm not much of a Jew because if I'd really be like the Vilna Gaon or the Chavetz Haif you see those books don't tell us about the struggles that the Tzadikim went through they don't tell us that we don't know what the Chavetz Haim had to struggle with to become the Chavetz Haim it, it wasn't like poof and there were very few Tzadikim that were autobiographical Rabbi Nachman from Breslau was very autobiographical and he says the struggles that he had in a very graphic way and how he had to overcome them. That's why many, many people could take unbelievable chizik from that. Even though when you look at it in the wrong way, you think, this is weird, like, why is he telling me this? Why is the tzaddik talking about this stuff? You know, tzaddikim don't have these things. It's not true. But tzaddikim have those things. And they have to struggle with them. Just like we do. Just like our children do. So the Rebbe is saying here that many of the greatest tzaddikim were not in any way different from other children. Only after, only after they began to dedicate themselves to serving Hashem did they begin to succeed until they became so great that they became etched forever into, the, into our history. This kind of pe these kind of people, many of whom remain completely unrecognized as children, remain our inspiration, protection, and light until Mashiach comes. Then he's listened to what he says. We are not saying that all children are equal in their potential and in their abilities. The Rebbe says, that's silly. Obviously, all children are not equal in their potential and their abilities. What we are claiming is that it is impossible to predict what a child will be like when he grows up, what potential may be hidden within him. <clears throat> there have been children whose abilities remained so deeply closed and concealed, even from themselves, that no one would have believed that they would rise to greatness. I, I promise you, I have students of mine from years ago that when they were in class, I used, to, I, used to, I used to think, how is he ever going to be a father or a husband? I, you know, you look at the kid and you see that he was... And the kind of things that he was saying and how he was acting and how's he ever going to be much to live with partners and I was really worried I said, you know, I died for these kids what's going to be with him and, and the, and the yeshiva the principal always left because invariably 
the kids that we were most worried about is interesting. They come back, they come back uh, with a check for the yeshiva. They're fantastic. Panasa, they're happily married. They're firm. And it's amazing. And when you, when you look at the kid, you think, like, this is most likely to fail, right? And unfortunately, the Rebbe sees a child that way. You have to be very, very careful that the child shouldn't feel like that, right? Because in many, many places, the rebellion give a lot of attention to the sharp kids, to the fast kids. And it could be that the biggest naches is going to come out from the one in the back of the class. The biggest naches from the one in the back of the class. And some of those rebellion forgot when they were in the back of the class. And they didn't like being ignored. And therefore, <coughs> it's especially, especially important that when you feel that there's something missing in the child, other rather, to give more and to show more trust in the child. To the amazement of all who knew them as children, they became so great that everyone stood in awe of them and their accomplishments. And the opposite has, all, has, has also unfortunately occurred. You heard of a Nitziv? A Nitziv from Talajan. Remember, Nitziv wrote Svarim in every subject of Torah. You know what he began? He, began, he strengthened that, the whole yeshiva movement in Luther. The Hamikdava, the 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 the, the, the um, unbelievable. You know that it's very well known that as a child he was completely, completely unimpressive as a child, and he himself would say. And what happened? So it's a famous mice. I'm not going to the mice right now, but he poured his heart out and he davened, and he didn't give up hope, and he became the nitziv. He became the Nitziv. But the Tzaddik says, and the opposite has also unfortunately occurred. There have been great souls who were gifted with the potential and ability to be a light for all of Israel. But because they neglected to develop their potential in their youth, their light was lost. And here we have to say the same thing to you, precious child, the Rebbe writes. I want to say this to you, he says, precious child. If you neglect the abilities that are locked up inside you, hidden so well that even you are unaware of them, it is not only you, yourself, that you hurt. You may be injuring the Jewish people as a whole and the Holy One of Israel by depriving them and him of a great sage, a tzaddik, of a, of a high spiritual level. This is the lament of the Shechina. The Rabbi says, this is what the Shechina Hashem is crying about. The Shechina, which is the motherly aspect of how Hashem runs this world. God, the Shechina is God's presence as she mourns for the lost potential of the Jewish soul. Heavens and all your angelic beings, earth and all your fullness, cry bitterly for me, Hashem says, for me. I created the world and hope to dwell in it. There were great leaders of Israel and all my servants that said, can draw my presence into the world and make my great name holy in its midst. I waited so long for this soul who was to have developed into a great and righteous man, a servant who would sanctify me and draw me into the world. And all of this has been lost. My presence on earth has been diminished one of the legs of my throne of glory, which rests on the earth, has been smashed and broken. So, we have to be very, very careful. We have to be very, very careful to, uh, to envision, to envision the future of a child and to give the child that confidence that he or she can be great. And if we don't, then we are guilty of depriving Hashem of that nachis and, and depriving ourselves, and depriving ourselves of that nachis. The bottom of the page. That when we practice, we exercise this to, to try to have more of a yachas to connect more to these children. How can I el eight like a very a young and delicate sapling tree? 
Asher mitzad echad in kol hatayil etzad hanochon. Anything that you do in a positive way. Actually, Yasher also bekalus. Since since at this point, he's very flexible. The child might seem that he's the child might seem very inflexible, but it's not true. The child is a, is a young, bendable sapling that can be shaped, that can be helped. We have to remember. But you also have to remember. You have to remember that when it comes to a strong and healthy tree, it's very hard to hurt it. You kick it, you bat, you, you, you kick it, you, 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 you punch the tree. It's a strong tree. It'll be okay. But if it's a very delicate and young sapling, in cold with the slightest kick. You can destroy the sapling completely. So it's so easy to destroy the soul of a child. It's one of the easiest and fastest things that can happen. You don't have to be a genius. Every single one of us puts a stamp on the child. A temple, if I can in Mila Achas, if you say one word, that you are what? You are this, you are that. You are this, you are that. Okay, how much does Swam talk about the danger of calling a Jewish child after a behemoth tmeya? Even to say you're a Vildachaya, to say to a child, or call him by some animal, or even if you want to use a behemoth you don't have to say a cow or something. But to call by a behemoth tmeya, it has a terrible effect upon the child. You're saying you're selfish, you're rotten, you're this, you're that. You don't want to learn, you don't, you don't appreciate mitzvahs. You could destroy the children for his entire, the child for his entire life. It's not too late to fix it. If a person sets his heart and his mind to fixing something, they could also be easily fixed. They could be fixed. But we're talking about a person who's established a lifestyle of, of degrading the child, and that's become part of his or her vocabulary. That's very, that's very hard to fix. It's not, don't, it's, he's not talking about, you know, you have an occasional outburst. We're not malachim. Hashem knows that. But, but it means if there's, if there's a pattern of destroying the child's will and of destroying his confidence, that that's, a child can be very, can be very easily, easily and completely devastated. He says, I heard from a certain Mechanach. Shahim Lamed Laschalas Gemara. He used to teach beginners Gemara. That's a very important rabbi who teaches them beginners Gemara because then you want the boy to have an appreciation, to be excited, and not to be, not to be intimidated by the Gemara. So this rabbi he met was a teacher of Laschalas Gemara, of beginners Gemara. More than 50 years, I can't even imagine doing such a thing. So for more than 50 years, that he's already nice me. Unless he can't get any other work. But that's, a, that's an accomplishment by itself. Fifty years. And he said to me, Every day he prepares this year. Even fifty years later. He reviews. He reviews. He goes over the material. Right? To think of new ways to present it to these children. To these children. I, I, I tell you, uh, a long time ago, I was, uh, I was, when I was in university, I was taking a certain Jewish history class. And the professor was an extremely uh, 
famous scholar, very old, and a very bitter, uh, upset person. And he spoke to us in an extremely abusive way. So he was a firm person, he was a famous person. So um, he, he was teaching Jewish history, he was teaching Jewish history, the same track, there was like one, there was class A and class B in the college. He was teaching this Jewish history class. And um, he was teaching that class for something like 45 years. You know, first Jewish history one. And um, we would talk to the guys and we found out he would say mamish the same exact, every word, the same exact joke. I mean, they weren't funny, but he would say the exact same things. So, you know, he was starting to lose things a little bit. This is terribly cruel, but what we did was every day when he would come, he would say, where did we leave off? And for two weeks, we told him the same place. And he said the exact same class. It was, every word was the same. No, he's teaching for 44 years. The same joke, the same little comment, the same thing, this, that, the same little error. You can't absorb anything, you're a bunch of idiots. You know, he said the same thing. So you can't do that. You can't teach Torah in that way. If you don't give Torah over with a fresh guy, with a freshness and with an excitement, and you don't find some new way of making this Torah appeal to, to, that, to that group that you have, because every group is different, and the children are different children. It's not the same children as 50 years ago. 50 years ago, you could say, be quiet, put your finger on the place, and that's it. You, you have to be careful now. You have to, you have to, you have to be a chacham, how to deal with the kids. And that's a very, very hard, and it's a very great responsibility. It's much easier to teach adults than to teach children. So he says that this rabbi, he said, this, this particular rabbi, he would prepare the shir, Apparently, this Rebbe was the depository of all the Talmidim that the parents gave up on and the yeshiva, the principals they didn't want to deal with, and they, and they, threw, them in. they threw them in there. When I, was in yeshiva, there was a, when I was in yeshiva, there was a Rebbe like that, that uh, they gave him all the guys like they were crazy, like misfits and nuts. There was this Lubavitcher guy, that Chavik came out to be the firmest of all of us, that whole Chavik. You know, he used to sing with them, you know, with Arasta. I don't know what he was doing all day. He used to take him out for walks, you know, and he was, you know, with a, he would play with the dreidel, it wasn't even Hanukkah. He was doing all kinds of crazy stuff. He would bring in, he would bring a suda, you know, by Lubavitch out his years. He would kiss slave, you test kiss slave. Uh, they got a lot of youngsters over there, and uh, they should all be well. And he's giving this, and he's giving uh, chsidus, and he's telling them maisim, and, and we used to make fun. We were the Hashavah guys in the higher class, we used to make fun. Look at these guys, Loyitzlachs. These are the guys with the biggest Hatzlacha. And if you follow them through, these were the guys that stayed in the yeshiva, most of them, and they, and they grew into, they became something. Davka, those boys that everybody gave up hope, ended up in that Rebbe's lap. And, that, and a lot of, I'm sure a lot of you have memories of teachers like that. And they ended up in that, by that, by that Rebbe. So he said, this Rebbe that he was talking to was such a Rebbe, that all the guys that, were, that, that everybody already put a, that everybody already put a stemple on, that everybody already stamped, no good, they gave him to this Rebbe. So, this Rebbe said to him to put a stemple, to put a stamp, to passel up a kid and to give him a certain, to give him a certain title. He says this is the easiest thing in the world to do. You know why? Because that patters you up from being a good teacher. Because it's very simple. You just say, I'm an excellent teacher. He's a he's a yitzlach. He, he can't. I'm terrific. I'm the best teacher there ever was. He's just not successful. The kid's not successful. So the hatzlocha of a teacher, is it with the best students in the class, the measure of the teacher, or is it with the weakest students in the class? How do you see a great rabbi? Rabbi Nachman Breslov used to say, the more severe the, severe the illness, the greater the doctor you need. Right? Moshe Rabbeinu was the greatest doctor that ever lived. 
he gave us the Torah, which is the greatest cure. And the Jewish people were on the lowest level, leaving Mitzrayim, as you all know. And Moshe Rabbeinu was a great doctor. Because Rabbi Nachman says, sometimes people think that for, you only need for the great people a great Rabbi. It's just the opposite. The greatest Rebbe is for the person, the greatest doctor is for the one whose illness is most mysterious. And it's the same thing in Ruchnius. It's the same thing in Ruchnius. And if you have a child that, 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 God forbid, is very, very, very difficult and is causing you terrible Agnes Nefesh, it means that the Baruch as we learned last week, means that the Baruch has entrusted that child to you because you're the best doctor around for that child. Maybe not for anybody else, but for that child, you're the best doctor. You can take care of the child. So he said that, he says, Instead of giving warmth, instead of giving love, it's very easy to, easy to write the kid off. I have a policy I've been teaching now over 20 years. I never, ever in 20 years have looked at a kid's report card from previous years or records, ever. Much of the chagrin of the social worker in the school and so on, and I, and I never, ever will look at any papers from before. Because if I don't have an attitude that this is a, a, a fresh start, somebody new, if I look at this kid and see that there's a history of, uh, uh, you know, you, uh, no, I don't mean an OU, I mean unsatisfactory, mamish, and, uh, and you look at that, you look at the report card, is it fair that a child should be mishubed to, 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 to the report card, to things, mistakes that he made, that were childish mistakes? Would we feel comfortable if the Baruch would always look at our old papers? And would touch us up now because of old papers? We wouldn't want that. We'd try to move ahead with our lives. And if the child doesn't have a chance to begin in a fresh way, in a new way, and if you come to the child and you look at him, oh, this is the... I, I had kids that told me that they'll come to a certain class. Oh, you're the famous... I heard about you in the teacher's meeting. And as the kids... It's the first day in class. First day, September. You're... You know, you're Chaim Yankel so-and-so? Oh, you're famous. The kid looks... What, what do you mean, Rebbe? Oh, I heard, I heard plenty about you at teachers' meetings. Fine. That's it. Murder. It's mamish murder. I heard about you. What do you mean you heard about me? Or another thing that happens. You're so-and-so's uh, little brother? Oh. Sure, I know your brother. So that could, other, that could work one of two ways. It could work two ways, right? It could be the older brother's at Sadiq, right? And he's thinking... Oh my goodness, I've got to be a tzaddik. And he has a hard enough time with that in the house, dealing with that, with that stupid tzaddik, his brother. Right? Or what? Or the brother's a ha-shlechter. The brother's a bad boy. So he's thinking, oh, he already has me pegged. I'm also a bad boy. You can't win. What's he going to say? Your brother was so mediocre. <laughs> yeah, I remember your brother was really mediocre. <laughs> they never say that. They never say he was so normal. They, you know, so why are you talking about the siblings? Or I, oh, I knew your father, I knew your grandfather. What are you talking about? Why do you have to take the kid back on a trip that it's not his fault? What are you taking him down memory, memory lane? You know, you talk to people, you take him. What are you taking him on a trip? He's, he's in front of you now, the Benjamin sent him to you this minute. He's not his brother, he's not his sister, he's not his father, he's not his Zayda. You could do that too. Oh, you're the... My wife had it, my wife has a student. Well, she's already now, she's getting married this week. My wife had a student whose grandfather is one of the Gidoyle Yisrael. But I'm not exaggerating, really. And a real, an Odom Godel, not just in learning, but in every respect. He's like one of the, one of the real, the real sheriffs that played that Sadiq. You know what a rough time this girl had? Jackie, you have no idea. Because everywhere she went, oh, you're Reb. And she wanted, you know, she wanted to be a little bit like a, she wanted to be a girl that's growing up without Reb so-and-so. Always hovering over her and saying, you know, he's 80 years the grandfather never did. The grandfather always encouraged her to be normal, and she is, Baruch Hashem, wonderful. But 
That's a hard thing to schlep around your whole life. It's a hard thing to schlep around. They don't need it. Instead, what they do need is chayim, warmth, and ahava, and love, and kiruv, libshaft, right? This is what the nivarmkait, actually is chazik v'yifrach, that the child, like, like a plant, that it needs that to grow. This Rebbe has been a Rebbe for 50 years, and that's why he's been able to, to go like that for 50 years. He never, ever paid any attention to any decisions that were made regarding that child, either by parents or by the school in the past, and that's why he was able to be Metzlich. He never paid any attention to, what the, to the negative things that the parents had to say, or negative things. Now, obviously, sometimes, I just should mention, I don't mean if God forbid there's a certain terrible problem that could affect the child, in, in the child's history, obviously, uh, it's important sometimes the educator has to, might have to know that Pratt to be careful with what he or she says if that child went through a certain traumatic experience, right? I'm not, I'm not talking about that. Of course, you have to. This is always a big problem in the yeshivas. You know, what do you tell, what do you tell the teachers? What do you tell the rabbi? You know, it's, it's a very delicate thing. It's very hard to know what to say, but, but sometimes it's very important. If you have, God forbid, a yasami, a saimai, you have to tell stories in a different way. You have to be very careful how you talk. Right, if there's a child who has a brother or sister who is handicapped, you have to be very, very careful. You can't tell, hey, I want to tell you mice about the rabbi with the cripple. You, know, you can't. You have to be very careful. So they're, 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 like, they're like, like crystal. They're very beautiful, but they're very delicate. So he says, And in this schuz, the malamid ended by saying, From these weak students that they gave me, these difficult students, as I said, I saw from this, from this Lubavitch when I was growing up that we used to make fun, and the other Rebbeim made fun of him too. They wouldn't sit with him. By, first of all, they didn't like the law. Even back then, with Lubavitch, it was funny. They wouldn't sit. They wouldn't sit with him by, the, by lunch. He used to sit with kids by lunch, and we thought it was it was really goofy. You know, he used to sit with them. He used to talk to them about sports. All the other Rebbeim were sitting. You know, were sitting at a different table. They wouldn't. When the bell rang, you wouldn't get a you couldn't get a word out of them. And this, this Lubavitch used to sit with the boys every lunch. He would sit with the boys, and, and, he, would, and he would sing in the middle of the... And he didn't care. The older Rebbeim used, used to make fun. And from those boys came out wonderful Jews. I can't say it's just because of that, but it must be something they could hold on to from the past. There was, there was a Jew who looked at them in a different way than everybody else, even their parents might have looked at them. There was one Jew who had that way of looking at them. And, and the hiscarvas, the, the warmth that he exuded to the children... Was, was something that was absolutely uh, 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 amazing. We should be zeichah for that. We should be zeichah for that. Um, we could just, we, let's, let's for another two or three minutes. On the bottom of the page of Gimel, there's another Eitzah. There's something else we could think about to help us. This issue of thinking about the future. That every neshama includes within him all the all of the Jews that are going to that are going to come out from him in the future. When you look at when you look at that child, when you, just like when you look at one of us, it includes he has within him, she has within her all of the future generations, all the future daughters. In Cain, Hayesiachasus Eleha. Next page. That changes your whole attitude. You're not just you're not just insulting and hurting and putting a stamp a stamp on one on one Jew. You might be you might be putting a stamp on 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 thousands of people, descendants of yours that you put a stamp on, because of the way that you either 
hopefully in a good way, or God forbid, in a not good way, in a negative way, you're affecting, you could be affecting hundreds if not thousands of people in the future. Ki b'chom neshom eshel tinok, he writes, in the soul of every baby, of every child, v'yelet, u'bocher, u'nabocher, nechlolem neshomos rabbo shalavdei Hashem. There are many, many neshomos included in him of future avdei Hashem, servants of Hashem. Bochrom, avreichim, ovis, fathers, imahos, mothers, zakenim, zakenim, old people. Dairet, dairet, generations and generations. Kulum nechlolem b'seich neshomah kadosh azul. They're all included in this amazingness, this holy neshomah. Asher b'rega zeret, sayin Hashem is b'och sh'yeh li shaychus imah. That Hashem wants me to have a shaychus to this neshomah. That's what it means to be a person who is wise, who thinks of the future. To live with all that could be, and the dream and the hope of all that could be with this neshama. It's all there already now in potential. Therefore, it's good to remember. Any good word that we are able to say, any nice glance or or, or uh, any any positive any positive thing that we show the child. Anything we could do to make something that's holy better in the eyes of the children, something that's more precious and beautiful to them, to make a mitzvah look more beautiful, to make a Talmud Chacham look more beautiful. Any word like that. It is a wonderful profit. It, it, it's, it's an extremely profitable venture. Not only for that child, not only for that child's entire life. It can go to the children, the grandchildren, the great-grandchildren. Forever. Sometimes, one word, one one tenua, one movement that shows love, the to something that's that's a of holiness. Sharoim hayyeladim eitz lahorim that the that the children see from the parents such an attitude that they have that things that are things of kedusha are valuable to the parents are precious to the parents. Yecholam al yedezel ahashvish ahava that could that could strengthen the love of that child v'chavibus l'davar kodesh al kol yimechem for the for the child's entire life. If the child sees you that you take davening as something which is very precious, very precious. You know, I noticed, I noticed that a lot of little children, when it's Chazal shots by Mincha, because we had a minion here today, really two-thirds of the item, I have to tell you, the children, they run outside and they talk outside during Chazal shots. It's not their fault. Come around during Chazal shots when the adults are here. And you see men standing around outside talking during Chazal shots. Is it fair to the children? The Ariyah Kodesh says that Chazal shots is holier than the, the Shdilish Manasseh, you know? And the children walk outside. It's the most natural thing for them. They all march outside. Come once and watch. They're all outside. Not all. There are few that there are few that stay inside. And I and I would wager that those that stay inside, they've seen it. it doesn't mean to say that everyone that's outside is God forbid. You know, it's a, a kid is a kid and a kid. You know, I'm, don't think that I'm making any great theory based upon this. Of course not. But if this is happening over and over, and it's a hanhaga that's repeating itself over and over. There's something, there's something terribly wrong. In our matters, no one leaves Chazal Shashatz. No one. There's no such thing. If you leave, you can keep on going. There's no such thing. So a child learns that Baruch Hu Vok Amen is important. Why? Because my father thinks it's important. But if he sees his father standing outside by Chazal Shashatz, what do you think the Baruchas mean? You have to beg your husbands not to make this mistake because it's not... 
They don't realize. They go back to the city and the children are marching outside. Come out, everyone, fighting and yelling and screaming. They sound like their parents. Arguing loud, talking loud, pinching, tickling. How could they be? It's tefillah, it's daven. It's the brain shalomness, waiting for every word. We have to think about these things. It's important to think about these things and to improve these things. We can. Because parents love their children. And, and, and you can work with a parent and you have to talk you have to talk and beg the men that they should be that they should be aware of that this is happening and should, and should take it to heart so this could affect this could affect for the entire life of the child that child will have a very positive attitude you know what happens to a boy if he has his father saying you care what a rip off I had to pay 70 bucks for this effort. I can't believe it you know but in a blink of an eye the father the father would buy some gadget for like 250 but if he's paying for an asfig a few a few dollars, the, the kid sees the father's like, yeah, I was hoping I can get it if I go the last day before Yontif, I can get it, you know? And they see, you know, the coin that I read, because not allowed to handle of an esther. So what does the kid see? The kid sees that a mitzvah is... A mitzvah is not precious. And that, 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 has, that has a tremendous impact upon the child. And if the child sees... That this, if there's something that happens that's against Hashem's will, that the parent, that it hurts the parent. If the child sees that the parent is hurt, if someone, God forbid, is not well, that the parent is worried. The children see that, and, and, they, and they grow up that way, being sensitive people. Right? So it says, If you don't show, if you don't show that, that if you don't see the mitzvah as something which is precious, something which is valuable, then, then what could happen is that the child could run away. A feeling of distance. If, you, if, you, if the child, let's say you hear, uh, let's say someone, not, he's saying like this, let's say there's an obscene word that's spoken. So not to put that person down, but to say, you know, the father or the mother are upset by that, that they're walking someplace and they heard, and the child sees that, it's an ugly thing to the parent. So he says that could cause the child for his entire life to feel, uh, uh, to feel distant from that ugliness. That is, uh, it's, it's an ugly thing. It's an ugly thing. Right? For the entire life they could feel that. And that could have an impact upon Dairidar's generations upon generations. If, you could have, if, you could, if a child sees that the parents are able to see things that are inappropriate or to read magazines or things that are ter- terribly inappropriate, to look at things that are not nice, or to, or to catch to catch a parent looking at some trashy novel. God forbid, not that anybody would do such a thing. But if a, if a child sees such a thing, what do you think? What are you thinking? Unless you unless you just totally have lost your mind, what are you thinking if the child sees that book? The things that are ugly are appealing to my parents. Because in the yeshiva, they're for sure telling it's ugly, eh? but to my parents, it's appealing. You know how dangerous that is. Not that you should be a negative person, but the children have to know that this, I find this very distasteful. This is not appealing to me. This bothers me. And then the child feels that there's something that mommy doesn't like. There's something that daddy doesn't like. There's something that mommy feels. Not that you have to, you could, and then, and then, and then what happens? You see the kid come home from the library. You catch the kid with a book that's not so nice and you start the elder kid. What kind of book? How could you get a book? You know what the kid's thinking. You know, my dad is just like me. The same, just the cut of the same thing. My mom, well, you know, you've seen this sometimes with some of these novels that they sell, these trashy novels that you see sometimes they're from ladies. And, I mean, what, is it, what are you doing? What are the people doing for their children? Even if you have some 
odd attraction to those uh, things. You know, I don't know, hide, do something. Don't get caught. But to get caught by a child, they touch up the parents, they, they, they understand 100% that this is not something that my parents find distasteful. My mother, it's okay with her. And then you tell her, when, when you tell the child when she's going out for Shaduchim, you, you have to do it with Kedusha, with Tahara. And she's nodding her head, with Kedusha, Tahara. Come on. It's only by the example that you set, you know that. The children will learn that. Therefore, that affects the children of Dairi Dairis. Hashem's Baruch should help us that we should be able to remember these things, to take them to heart.